15 seconds to go. No timeouts for the Pats. We don't know if they're the final 15 seconds. The Patriots career of Tom Brady takes the snap. Looks. Fires. Pass batted up in the air. Intercepted and returned for a touchdown. Titans. Logan Ryan. That's a tough one for Tom, too. After 20 years. And the game is definitely over. Time has expired on this season for the Patriots. The Tennessee Titans have come into what Mike Rabel referred to as the Vipers' den. And they have knocked out the champion. Boom, baby! Wear it, Patriots! Yes! Wear it, Belichick! Wear it, Brady! We own you! We just ended the dynasty! We came into Foxborough! Nobody believed we could do it! And we whipped your ass! Hashtag new goat, Derrick Henry. We came into Foxborough. We didn't take no. We didn't listen to anybody. Let's go. We're coming for you, Baltimore. Line them up. Line them up, baby. Wear it, Brady. Mike Vrabel owns you. Derrick Henry owns you. We ended the dynasty in New England. Us. Woo! What a win. What the hell is that? Oh, hey, welcome into the show. So happy I could die. But wait, don't die, right? I'm so happy I could die right now. I'm so happy since you left me. I could die because I'm so happy. Just kill me now. Welcome into the show, everybody. How are you? Let's listen to this for a second. I'm so rich, I get paid all the time. I'm so rich since you left me, honey. I could marry someone who would marry me just for my money. I don't even remember her name. I forgot to write it down. It's Skylar something. She came to um, JJ's a while back. Maybe even over a year ago. I don't remember. And their management reached out to me for some reason, asked if I wanted to do an interview. A very low-level uh, performer here. I mean, she, she tours, touring musician. I'm not trying to downgrade her, but uh, not a name that almost anybody's going to have heard of. I don't even know if she would be popular enough to play on, like, Bonnaroo on a Thursday. She might be. She might be. I'm not sure. But they reached out, and I said, well, you know, I don't really have time to do the interview now because it was only had a couple of days. And then I started listening to some of the music, more specifically this song, I'm So Happy I Could Die. And I thought, that's a hell of a damn song. That is a great song, and I would like to use it as my new intro. I reached out to their management, and um, I got a response back, but, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll get back with you. You know, you're right, dude, whatever. And then I didn't follow up and and hammer on them. If I continue to hammer on them, they might have. Um, But... since this is not a weekly dose podcast anymore, I need to make a new intro and I hadn't gotten around to doing it yet. So I figured, what the hell? We'll play the Titan stuff on the front end. How absolutely incredibly exciting was that? And then I would play this song just because. And then I tried to go upload the show and realized because I let my subscription RSS feed cancel, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I had nowhere to host the show. 
because I'm still in transition to get uh, all the hosting over to uh, my new guy, Lord Taco, who we do a bunch of Bonnaroo stuff with. So basically, this show cost me 16 bucks because I renewed my uh, plan for one month. So not only is a, this a not for profit venture, it's still costing me money, specifically $16. And we'll listen to the rest of this song on the way, on the end of this open. I'm Brian Stone, by the way. If you're listening to this, you likely already know that. And I apologize for not having her name. No, I thought she did another one. Yeah, okay, that's it. All right, so here's the deal. Um, little catch up here real quick. It's going to be, you know, nothing uh, over the top amazing. I'm going to do... A longer segment. It's going to be a two-segment show. Um, I'm going to do a look back at the last uh, the last decade. And I, you know, in in a perfect world, I would have gotten it done before the end of the year. These kinds of things are more popular when um, you know the the year is ending and a lot of people's regular stops for listening and watching are all different and everything's just all discombobulated. S- something like that, a, a countdown, a look back kind of thing works better towards the end of the year. But hell, it's only seven days in to the new year, and uh, all the credit goes to the Chattanooga Times Free Press on this. They did a great uh, look back at the 100 top news stories of the last 10 years, and I got to looking through it, and I was like, man, I remember so much of this because I was at the talk station for most of it. Well, yeah, I'd say a majority of it anyway, and then there's some that I just didn't remember at all, and um, certain ones that I forgot all about, and it was just interesting to read, so I thought, well, it'd be fun to just look back and 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 kind of put myself where I was when those stories were happening um I don't have any real solid you know direction on it I'm just gonna do what I normally do read off the the page some of the the, the stories and then just comment on them so just commentary like normal that'll be the second half of the show um the other day I uh, grabbed the audio from uh, Ricky Gervais when he hosted the Golden Globes and I'll lay that all out when I get to it it was so good. It was so, so good. And I've never watched the Golden Globes before. I'll explain um, why I was ended up watching it at that, uh, at that given time this past Sunday. And it got a lot of buzz online. It's about eight minutes or so of, an, of a monologue. And the chances are you might have heard about it, but you might not have heard it all. So I just chopped up like six cuts from it and uh, just highlight what I thought was the best parts of it. It was, uh, it was good stuff. And... Um, so that'll be primary the second half of this segment. And then the, the front end is Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo lineup is out. It has been such a busy last couple of days. Um, the What Podcast is hosted by my dear friends uh, Brad and Barry, Brad Steiner, uh, local radio guy around here, and uh, Barry Quarter from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. And we were able to set up a studio via my gear and uh, Taco Lord Taco's uh, uh, video setup at a um, at a I guess you could call it a banquet room for lack of a better way of putting it but it's just a basically just a, a sectioned off room at the moxie in downtown Chattanooga on Monday night we set up to do a video podcast uh, so a video cast and just a, a traditional downloadable audio podcast as well and they do they do their show six months a year, and it's all Bonnaroo all the time. So if Bonnaroo is not your thing, then you got no reason to, to check it out. If Bonnaroo is your thing, you will uh, you will enjoy it. And every now and again, I pop in, like, I mean, just every, barely every now and again. 
And then we record some stuff while we're at Bonnaroo. Well, we, they asked me to come and help and bring the stuff and be involved, and I was happy to do it. And we got the lineup about 12 hours early. Came out a Tuesday at 9. We got it at Monday at 9. We had to sit around and wait till about 9.30, I guess it was. Then recorded that until kind of late. It was probably about midnight by the time we got done with that. Then a full day on Tuesday with the lineup being released. And I know that people don't care about this. They're like, ugh, all right, enough already, bro. I get that. Uh, but this is like one of the most important things in my life. I It really is foolish. I know it sounds foolish. I get it. But it's uh, it's true. It's real. Um, this is a day. This is a This is a Christmas morning kind of thing, right? This is something that... We wait for half the year to get to, and then the next half the year we pre- prepare to, uh, you know, how we're going to cover the festival, how we're going to um, uh, just take it all in, how we can make the experience for us and those involved better, inviting and, and inviting new people, uh, having old acquaintances come back you haven't seen since last year. I mean, it really is one of those things. You go, we roughly in the same spot every year, and there's people that we only see at Bonnaroo most of the time. Like, if Bonnaroo didn't exist, these people I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have any involvement with. And most of the time, the people I'm talking about, I'm not going to say are of uber uh, prominence, but they're people that are worth knowing. They're people that are worth having uh, industry contacts with and just overall fun, good, cool people. Sometimes organizers of the events. We've had uh, artists that played that weekend come by. We've had record executives. Um, It's a very, very, very... A special place and a special time, and most everybody who there is there gets it. And it's always good to be around a group of people where everybody, just everybody gets it. You know, everybody's on the same page. There isn't any explanations. You, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. You know how things are supposed to be handled, and it usually goes off very, very well. So for me, it doesn't matter who's on the lineup. It, it, it just really doesn't. Um but when it's a really good lineup, that makes for even more excitement. The headliners are Tool, Lizzo, and Tame Impala. I kind of gave up on Tool a decade and a half ago. I listened to them nonstop. Wore those discs out in the mid to late 90s. I loved it. By the early 2000s, I was you know, I kind of checked out. And really, I think the band overall did, too. But they're great. They're great. And I, I missed them the first time they were here back in 2007. So it will be an absolute appointment uh, viewing and listening on that Friday night. Miley Cyrus on Friday as well. Uh, Run the Jewels, Glass Animals, Young the Giant, Dashboard Confessional, Primus, Brittany Howard from the Alabama Shakes. That's all Friday. Saturday, Lizzo. I don't know a lot about her. I don't quite get it yet. I think I will once I pay more attention. She's a great story. Rags to riches, complete self-made superstar. She's the first woman headliner ever at Bonnaroo. So that's something, if nothing else. Uh, Oysterhead, Tenacious D, Jason Isbell. That is Saturday, along with a bunch of undercard stuff you probably haven't heard of. The Growlers, Mount Joy, Marcus King. You know, those are take it or leave it kind of side shows. Uh, or side stage shows is what I mean. And then Sunday, Tame Impala was there three or four years ago. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with a friend of mine who uh, was posting uh, on Twitter and said, Oh, great, lame Impala. I'm not that far. I'm not going to call him lame, but I don't. I know I can take it or leave it. Lana Del Rey will be great. Vampire Weekend. I've become an incredible fan of. 
my goodness, their new music is so good. Leon Bridges is just a sing-along. There's no reason to ever dislike anything he does. Grace Potter's always fun. Green Sky Bluegrass for anybody who just wants to chill and kick back. And then, again, more undercard stuff that is kind of take it or leave it from the side stages. It is very, very good. And I am very, very excited about it. So I will leave that right there, and let's get on to the Golden Globes, and then I'll take a look back at the top stories of the last decade here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So here's the deal. I was watching football, well, all weekend, and I will do so again this weekend, all weekend. I didn't talk enough about the Titans. I should have spent a few minutes on it, but it, everybody knows what happened. We beat the damn Patriots. Um, it was incredible. That was Clay Travis, uh, by the way, on the front end of the show. And we're off to Baltimore. Can we win? Eh, I mean, yeah, of course we can. Um, will we? Eh, it's not likely, but it is an exciting uh, place to be in the NFL playoffs. But so Sunday, I was having a little bit of a, you know, uh, just a drag of a day. Going to sit around the couch most of the day, just watch some ball and, you know, just get ready to not have an awful hungover Monday because I don't do a drink all day Sunday deal. So, you know, just a typical lazy Sunday. So I watched the two football games. And when the second game ended, I was laying on the couch, kind of out of it. And I have TV through Hulu on my phone, Hulu Live. And uh, it's not terribly difficult to change a channel but it's not exactly the same as picking up your remote and just click 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 to get away so I didn't feel like messing with it when the Golden Globes were coming on right afterwards and I actually was kind of interested because Chris Collinsworth and um, Al, uh, Al Michaels were having to stall you could tell they were having to fill because they had a little countdown clock to the Golden Globes which I've never once in my life even considered watching the Golden Globes let alone even batted and I at it. So I was kind of interested to see how are they going to fill eight more minutes of saying the same thing over and over again. You watch the clock when tick down and then they, you know, they're pros. They get through it little, you know, a little boring, but they get through it. And then they throw it to the Golden Globes. And then it's Ricky Gervais who is hosting it. Apparently he used to host it. Then somebody else came in. Now he's done it the last couple of years. And this is going to be the last time that he hosts a show. Now, I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais without knowing much of his work at all. I really only know him from Twitter. Um, I know he was the, I think he's the original uh, writer, founder, showrunner, whatever it's called, of The Office, in the, the UK version. And uh, I know he does a bunch of acting and stand-up comedy and, and all those kinds of things. I guess that's what I hear. I just basically follow him because he's uh, a very staunch atheist and he doesn't give an F and will say anything. And he does it very well, he does it very, very, he can be very crude and crass without being juvenile, um, at least from my vantage point. So I was like, well, hell, I'll at least watch the intro. And then it got me intrigued because of this smug, just just stupid fest of just celebrities, you know, just drooling all over themselves over each other. You know, just getting drunk and just telling each other how great they are and patting themselves on the back. And so with Ricky Gervais mocking them the whole time it was so good I couldn't turn it off I just had to wait to see what Ricky Gervais would do next so I will run a few clips here I've got six of them from his monologue and I'll just kind of do some commentary over it here towards the tail end of this first segment of the first stone on air podcast of 2020 so let's see I got my notes here what these are so this is just the the straight up the open of the show the Golden Globes on Sunday Hello and welcome to the 77th Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais, thank you. Um, 
you're, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. And I know that's kind of a shtick, and some people were writing uh, write-ups about it, how, how it was just tired and old and the same old thing. But I, it was either so well done that he didn't give an F about any of these people or any of this situation, or he is just that authentic. And I'll take either one. I'll take either one. It's either a great performance, or he is just that, like, F all of you. Both of them I am impressed by. This next one is, I didn't know anything about this. Felicity uh, uh, Hoffman, you'd have to you know remind me who she is. Apparently she's married to William H. Macy from that crappy show uh, Shameless. And they have a daughter, and apparently she got arrested for trying to bribe one of their uh, college professors to get her in, or some something like that. And had to go to jail for a little while, not for a real long time, and not even Martha Stewart style, for maybe just like a month or something. Whatever the case, this was his dig on Felicity Huffman. But you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. Shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, I'm assuming that means that's a movie, Wild Hogs, that uh, William uh, Macy, even that is his name, I don't even know. Whatever. Uh, I, I see why it was funny. At the time, I didn't quite get it. I had to look it up. Uh, this was really good. I can, at times, be considered a social justice warrior, for sure. I feel like I don't annoy people and beat anybody over the head with it, but I can also have fun at their expense as well. Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, <laughs> fifth time. So, we were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. Uh, maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> what makes it even better is when they pan the shots of people in the room. Some people are, you know, laughing it up. Some are boozed up more than others. And this is early on in the night, so the intoxication level of the room is still seems to be kind of low, but it is, uh, that makes it for just as much fun to watch everybody's uh, reactions. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, um, still all this world I don't know a whole lot about. I know more about him for all the obvious reasons, but he was a big uh, player in the Hollywood elite scene, and of course we weren't going to get out of here without a joke about that. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, OK? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. He's, he's your friend, but I don't care. 
Um, yeah, anytime you can get a Epstein didn't kill himself joke in there, you should definitely take that uh, opportunity. Uh, this is him continuing to talk about, I only got two more here, uh, that, yeah, all the best actors have jumped to streaming, and anybody who's just doing Hollywood movies or just doing stupid, you know, action hero comic book movies, which uh, I always say is ridiculous, so I really like this clip. All the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know, and the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got, a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. No point. We know he'd win that. Um, I, I'm curious as to who he was alluding to if we know who would win that the roided up uh, action hero uh, award. And I guess that is I'm probably pretty damn true. Um, you know, it's not like there's some kind of wellness program for uh, actors. They all can take and inject themselves whatever they want and they, they can afford whatever kind of uh, pharmaceuticals and anything they want to make themselves look as pretty or as bulked up or as badass as they want. And if that's what they want to do, Good for them. The last clip here from Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globe Awards is the best clip. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And so, it's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. <laughs> Rolls his eyes, and so it's, uh, accept your award, uh, thank your agent, thank your God, and fuck off. Is the way that went when you heard it uh, cut out there. And uh, that was just fantastic. And then he came out every little while and introduced the next couple of presenters, and he'd be just rolling his eyes and looking at it like, what, who's next, what, what? I find beer in his hand and walk off. It was great. It was great. I don't know what the hell they were, why they're doing that, why they wanted to have that kind of presentation, but I thought it was fantastic. So uh, in the um, spirit of following Ricky Gervais's um, advice, I guess I won't spend any amount of time uh, harping on the war that this asshole president is starting I won't spend a lot of time on uh, diatribes about an entire continent being on fire, and I won't give my commentary on this absolute worthless impeachment process. I will just tell you that coming up next, I will look back at some of the top stories of the second decade of the new millennium. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the Stone On Air podcast. Happy New Year, and I'll be right back. More of Stone On Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com.
We want to begin this half hour with a trial of a beloved kindergarten teacher in Georgia. She's accused of molesting three young girls in a case that has splintered a community. We have hundreds of people here, even more online, rallying behind the now fired kindergarten teacher, Tanya Kraft. Chattanooga whiskey is sold in stores around the area, but it's actually distilled and bottled in Indiana. Legislation dating back to 1915 prohibits the making of whiskey in Hamilton County, and that's why the creators of Chattanooga whiskey are gauging public opinion and speaking with elected officials to bring distillers back to the city. This is big hail. Stay away from windows right now. This is the biggest hailstorm I've ever seen, and I've been around for a long time. So this is big hail. This area in purple and white here is moving right over Channel 3. Barack Obama will visit Chattanooga on Tuesday for the first time in his presidency. Obama will tour the city's Amazon.com distribution center. The truck driver accused of killing six people in a massive interstate pileup in Ottawa will not fight extradition to Tennessee to face charges. Benjamin Brewer is wanted in Tennessee on six counts of vehicular homicide. A gunman opened fire at two military facilities in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Four Marines were killed and another was wounded. The gunman is identified as 24-year-old Mohammed Yusuf Abdulaziz. He was born in Kuwait but lived in the Chattanooga area. The Chattanooga Football Club made a major announcement today looking ahead to next year. The club announced it will join the National Independent Soccer Association. It's a move 10 years in the making, if you will. The CFC is officially a pro soccer team. Welcome back to the show. Yep, the second decade of 2019, or 2019, of the millennium is gone. It's done. See you later. Goodbye. And we start the third decade. Damn it, man, that went fast. That went really fast. This segment might take a little while. I got a lot to cover here. And I'm prepared and motivated. So that means sometimes I won't shut up. But I remember thinking when I was in the neighborhood of 30 years old, so that would be in the neighborhood of 10 years ago, I, I, I thought to myself when I was starting to understand that the perception of time is changing, but I'm not understanding why, right? Like I can tell things are different, but I I can't quite figure out what what the difference is. And I I think, man, when I was 20, when I was 20 years old, that was the year 2000. And now it's 2010 and so much has happened and it took so long to get it all in. Just imagine it's just going to be it's, it's just going to keep going, and it's going to keep going, and it's going to just still drag, and life is really, really long. But when I'm talking to myself with this little kind of exercise of, of understanding what the hell is actually going on around me, I'm having the conversation with myself because I'm like, but it really ended fast. Like, it was just the other day I was 26, right? And then I'm 28 all of a sudden, and oh, shit, now I'm 29. But... It didn't feel that way when I was 21, like, oh, hell, I can't believe it, I'm 22 already, right? It wasn't like, oh, I woke up and it's 23. Can you believe how fast it took to get to 23? You know, 
you don't think about those kinds of things. That's why the perception is different. That's why a child thinks it takes forever to end a day. And Christmas takes, oh my God, forever to get here. And that changes incrementally as you get older. And to me, it's a fascinating study of just the human brain condition and the human perception of, uh, of, of what, what is real and what isn't real. 60 seconds is 60 seconds. 365 days is 365 days. It doesn't matter if you're five years old, 25 years old, or 65 years old. But that's not, we all know, that's not really actually true. I mean, it is, but it isn't. And so when I kind of think back to that time when I'm kind of coaching myself up thinking, all right, it's cool. You're almost 30, but don't worry about it. That was a long time. It'll be, it'll be just that amount of time. And then, you know, you'll be 40. And then just that amount of time. And life's going to go on for a long, long time. And then you look up. I look up. And it's 10 more years. And 2012 feels like the other week. 2014 was, you know, two, two months ago. 2017 was five seconds ago. <laughs> Sometimes I think of, you know, mem- memories of 2011 and think, oh, man, that was fun. I, you know, that's, that wasn't that long ago. No, hell, hell no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a long time ago. My car I'm driving right now that I bought from a family member last year. It's a 2011. Man, I got me a pretty new car. No, not really, dude. <laughs> you really don't, actually. You have a nine going on 10-year-old car. So maybe that's the reason that I wanted to, to take a look at this. I, I don't know. but So let's look at this. I'm going to start at 2010. Just go through the Chattanooga Times free presses. 100 top stories. I'm not going to do all 100. Um, and just to, so you know, the, the Times Free Press did a great job on this and a lot of legwork. So I'm not trying to take anything and uh, act like it's my own. I'm taking this straight from the local paper. So the first clip I had there at the front end of the rejoin, the Tanya, Tanya Craft story. I was out of work for radio in that year, 09 and into early 10. I wasn't working radio. It was a really crappy time of my life, actually, just because I was, I was just, I was bummed because I have a lot of different reasons, but uh, mainly because I was turning 30 and I didn't have a radio gig anymore. So I, I didn't follow that story as, as much as I would have if I was working every day with Kevin and Jeff and Bill over at GOW in the morning. But everybody probably remembers that. The molestation charges, 22 counts on a teacher, Tanya Kraft, very good-looking woman. Uh, it seemed to be probably a little sexual, sexually uh, promiscuous, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but that, that a lot of those details came out. It was a national story. At the beginning of the decade, we were having a lot of shootings amongst juveniles around the uh, the aquarium here and there and Coolidge Park and they were wannabe gangs uh, they were they weren't real gangs I don't think some of them might have been but mostly juvenile there was five shot in Coolidge Park in 2010 and uh, everybody really started to uh, get concerned oh my God can we go to the aquarium oh my God can we go to Coolidge Park it was 2010 that uh, Hamilton County and Bradley both found out that Amazon was coming to town remember that long story. Uh, I don't, it doesn't go into detail on it, but Teresa Parker in North Georgia, she was a 911 dispatcher and her husband, I don't remember his name. Her, she's Teresa Parker. Was it Sam Parker? It might've been Sam Parker. He was a police officer in corrupt ass North Georgia. And she went missing in March of 2007. And in 2011, uh, her remains were found on the banks of the Chattooga river in Northwest Georgia. And Sam Parker, again, if that's not his name, I apologize, but her husband was never charged because there was never a body, there was never a, a weapon, there was never any kind of 
real evidence. I did not remember this at all. A tornado hit Highway 153 on Chickamauga Dam in 2010, causing a seven-car pileup that shut down the bridge for about three hours and sent five people to the hospital. Nobody died, no life-threatening injuries. So in the end, it wasn't that uh, big of a story, except I just do not remember a tornado hitting the dam. I don't remember that. And we found out Costco was coming to Catoosa County in October of 2010. Move on to 2011. Remember all the times when you're told growing up, even at an older age, that, you know, you have uh, earthquakes are prevalent here. Obviously, if you're on the coasts, especially the East Coast and the Gulf, you're, uh, you're prone to hurricanes. If you're out in the Midwest, watch out for tornadoes, uh, that kind of thing. But here in Tennessee Valley, you know, down here in Chattanooga in the southeast, we don't, we don't get tornadoes uh, until we do. <laughs> and then they get stuck in the bowl that we live in here and they wreak all kinds of havoc. I'm not trying to be a climate change alarmist, but all of a sudden in the second decade of this century, of this millennium, tornadoes have become somewhat of a common thing. And in April, the 27th, as a matter of fact, 2011, they came through here and did all kinds of damage. And I didn't take it seriously at the time whatsoever. I remember waking up seeing trees just half bent over. Uh, went into work when one of the one of the storm cells went through and then realized two more were coming. If you remember, there was one late morning and then late, maybe late afternoon into the evening and then one more that night. And I think that was the one where our East Ridge lost power for a week. For a GD week. And um, and other areas lost it for longer than that. That was when we all realized, oh, well, yeah, that's wrong. We actually can get tornadoes. And if we do, they could be really, really bad. If you remember that uh, police officer over on uh, Brainerd Road got shot in the head by the crazy-ass tatted-up kid. His name was Jesse Matthews. He was a uh, 26-year-old escaped par- parolee from Colorado. He pleaded guilty to that death in 2013. The big hullabaloo from Volkswagen in 2011 was the new Passat. One of the most boring cars I have ever seen. The minute I saw it, I was like, that's what all this fuss was about? We've been talking about this since 07, so this town can produce the Passat, which was already an old boring car to begin with. It was the Motor Trend Magazine's Car of the Year Award. Something tells me that that was a uh, potentially... (laughs) Some kind of, hey, can you throw us a bone and give us an award, please? Uh, Also in 2011, Mayor Littlefield was recalled. I didn't remember this. And I guess I kind of do now that I think about it. The the Tea Party, which was headed up by a guy named Mark West, came into the radio station all the time. And um, really nice guy. Really treated me really well. At the time, I was a little ignorant to what was exactly happening around me at that time. I didn't really understand what the Tea Party was. It was basically just an anti-establishment Republican and totally anti-Democrat, liberal, uh, Obama, everything. They um, they put a recall in. I, I, I remember it vaguely, but nothing really became of it. Uh, gang violence was becoming a more and more and more thing. I don't know if that's just a bunch of white people just getting scared, because it seems like we don't talk about gangs anymore. And I have a feeling plenty of gang members are still killing themselves. We just don't uh, focus on that at this time in our lives, it doesn't seem like. But 60% of the city's 25 homicides that year deemed gang-related. 
in 2011, Amazon uh, arrived. Snowpocalypse, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember that everything was shut down for two days. Again, this was in 11, and the only reason I remember it real well is because I was stuck at home. I was living here maybe even by myself or my brother was out of town or something. And for my day job, Cherokee Distributing, then Carter Distributing, Miller Coors Beer, to get shut down, there has to be a major event. Like, we don't stop working ever. We Thanksgiving, New Year's Day, Christmas, that's it. We roll every other weekday of the year. And we were shut down for two days. So I don't remember how it exactly started, but I know one of those days I was sitting in the uh, living room smoking weed and drinking in the middle of the day listening to WPLZ 95.3, the Brewer Talk radio station that I worked for the year prior, and listening to Jammer when he was doing his stint. I don't remember if RT was there yet or Robert T. Nash was there yet or not. And I I don't know why I remember that, but I just remember I can't go anywhere. Uh, we still I still had power, but there was a foot and a half of snow and um, listened to the radio and smoked weed all day. That's what I remember. Uh, also, in 2011, there was two uh, reality TV show involvement in North Georgia. The One of the families, the, Sher- the Sherrick family, had extreme makeover, and uh, Lauren Elena came in, I don't know, second or third or something at uh, the, the karaoke show. Starting in 2012, where are we at? Oh, remember that asshole? Well, he's still there. Scott Desjardins of the, what is that, the second district? I think that's the second district up towards Middle Tennessee, towards Manchester and uh, all those areas. Well, yeah, he's a staunch Republican, right? He's against, you know, abortions. He's a Christian guy, right? God-fearing man. Yeah, well, not really at all. He's a doctor who's having sex with his patients, which should get you uh, completely uh, eliminated from the medical field. I think he came out of uh, medicine when he got into politics. Uh, Two of the more corrupt places you can be, medicine and politics. Works out beautifully, doesn't it? What an asshole. Uh, He encouraged abortions amongst his mistresses. Uh, you, You likely remember that. Let's see, another run of uh, tornadoes in 2012, Hamilton and Bradley. No one died in this one. The one earlier I didn't mention, there were several deaths. I had a a friend of a family member who was killed in that uh, first run back in April of 11. This still, uh, I think, is this one of the ones that tore through Ringgold? It might have been $19 million worth of damage in um, in the region. We'll move on here. This kind of upset me because I used to work for the company that did all the advertising for the Crystal Burger fast food joint company. Of course, an old, you know, staple of Chattanooga. And uh, that company lost their business. They went out, they went, went out of business completely. Advertising and communications. They were over there. You know the, the imbibe liquor store is? That oh, stupidly over-the-top nice a liquor store that's virtually out of everything I want every time I go in there. That building used to be A and C. And I worked there in 99 and 2000 as a runner. So I'd be just running around to legal firms and uh, printing printing companies to drop off disks or flash drives or, or whatever it is. And uh, Crystal, in 2012, moved their headquarters to Atlanta. Now, I get it. I'm sure it makes much more sense for an, a broader reach across the uh, country, and maybe even the world. But when I found out they left, I just was like, well, that sucks. And then and then shortly after, 
that company who I really enjoyed the people I worked with at a very young age there, but uh, went out of business. And that uh, building sat dormant and empty for a while, and now it's a overpriced, stupid uh, liquor store. We'll move into 2013. Patent Towers, the subsidized, government-subsidized Section 8, Section whatever it is, housing uh, down off 11th Street right across from the Innovation uh, Building, the Edney, caught on fire and displaced 241 residents. I was happened to be working at GOW in the morning at uh, the morning press, filling in for either Jim Reynolds or Jeff Styles. I'm not sure because I remember this story happened in the middle of the night. So when we were first getting there at 6 a.m., it was like holy bleep! You know, Patton Towers is on uh, is is on fire, and there's hundreds of what are virtually homeless people in the streets with nowhere to go. It was a pretty sad and uh, and difficult story because it took forever to figure out how it was going to get fixed and, and the place was already a fallen down dump to begin with. And it's a damn shame because that is, uh, I can't remember what it used to be called, but it's the oldest, one of the oldest buildings in the city and used to be like back in 1912, Titanic days, like the most glamorous hotel in the city. There, I, I would be so fascinated to be able to spend a day going through that building, if it hasn't, you know, housed crackheads and homeless people, and I don't mean to be crass, you know, or unsympathetic to the downtrodden, but that's really what that's turned into, and uh, it's a dangerous place to be anywhere near. Uh, just go hang around there anytime, but uh, that was uh, certainly a difficult situation. They eventually put some money into it, and um, well, just enough to get it, I guess, livable. So this, I forgot all about this. CeeLo Green was at Riverbend, and um, I guess, was he on The Voice then? I don't remember, but apparently he was here, and he swore, drank, and mooned the audience during his headlining performance at the old lame Riverbend. I remember that he was cussing, because at one point in time, if you cussed at Riverbend, all of a sudden, we had like a, you know, a humanitarian crisis in town. But uh, I guess he was drinking. Oh, no. But if he mooned the audience, that is uh, that is pretty lame. In uh, 2013, I want to guess that this was in the spring of 2013, but doesn't really matter. President Obama uh, visited Chattanooga. He went to the Amazon uh, facility and spoke. It was, um, I mean, it was pretty cool. And uh, I get it. You know, some people hate presidents and some people love them, like them, adore them. I'm a big fan of President Barack Obama. In uh, also in 2013, Chattanooga Whiskey finally announced their plans to open up a $6 million steel house if they were able to get those laws flipped. Of course, then these uh, just absolute uh, trust fund kids, silver spoon types, kept having parties for their supposed new location. They had three of them. They had one on the south side. I was at that one. I remember it was a drunk fest. Then they had another one that was going to be over kind of near the the baseball stadium, more towards 4th Street. That fell through, wasted a bunch more money on that. And then they eventually were able to make the the tasting room right across from the Choo Choo and then the old uh, car dealership there across from Kelly. Subaru over on MLK. That all worked out. I guess there was enough money for them to burn through for the first couple of years. I'm not trying to be a hater. I think they make a great product. I know plenty of people that work for them, and I'm a champion for what they do. But the beginning of all this was a bunch of rich kids wasting a ton, a ton of money. 2013 also saw us get our new mayor. At the time, I was very uh, optimistic at uh, the Democratic 
uh, former uh, Senate seat holder from the uh, Tennessee House, uh, Andy Burke, to take over. And when we have a mayor within the city, it somehow works out that whoever the establishment picks, that's who wins. I don't live in the city, never have, so I've never voted for the mayor. But from my vantage point, turns out he has been less than desirable. It says uh, he pledged to work aggressively on public safety issues, early childhood education, civic engagement, economic development, and government accountability and transparency. And you failed at that one, bro. I never could quite understand why we had to get rid of the Delta Queen, other than I know some people didn't like how it blocked views down at Coolidge Park. But I'm a big fan of anything 100 years old. A building, a boat, a car. Uh, I like it. And uh, so I wa- I'm wondering why we Burke wanted so badly to get rid of it. By 2015, the Delta Queen was gone. We'll move to 2014. Asshole Chattanooga State President Jim Catanzaro retires. He was single-handedly behind the dismantling and the elimination of WAWL 91.5 while I was in school there. Or actually, hold on, no, it was 2007 when they eliminated the radio station. My last days at classes was in 2005. But yeah, I made a two-year community college stretch out for about six years because I usually didn't go to class. I usually just hung out at the radio station. So that was a very, very dear thing to me. And when he eliminated that, I started calling him Jim Catanzaro and uh, talked uh, bleep about him on the radio a lot. He retired because of some some hiring, some woman that uh, didn't seem to have the qualifications that she should have had. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, I just didn't like the guy. Uh, let's see. Also in 2014, there was the Calhoun High School rape case. I remember this. I remember being at like the barber shop at the, you know, it's not your typical barber shop, but uh, Robert T. Nash's uh, sister, Jenna Nash, cut my hair for years. I wish she still lived around here. She'd still be cutting my hair now. And they have a bunch of gossip sessions. And one day they were talking about this Calhoun case. That's as far as I got with that. And um, I'll, I only remember it being a thing. Later on that year in 2014, the midterms, the elections keep GOP in uh, firm control of Congress. And, of course, that means yes. Well, we know Chuck Fleischman, he's there as long as he wants to be. That's just a, a bunch of yes men, yes women, uh, also ran a, a district. But, of course, Scott Desjardins gets easily reelected as well. We'll jump to 2015. I'm going to spend a minute or two on this one. Or I guess I should say on these two, as I think they're a couple of the biggest stories of the decade, and I don't think uh, there's any argument about one of them. First of all is the shooting uh, over at the uh, Lee Highway Recruitment Center and then over on the Amnicola uh, installation or, or whatever those are exactly called. I don't need to explain that situation to you. The Fallen Five, we all know all about that. And um, at the time it happened, I was filling in for Jeff Styles that day, and it was happening as I was on the air. And it's the most, make sure I word this correctly, uh, it was the most thrilling time I've ever had in a broadcasting setting. And I don't want to call it fun, or I don't want to call it exciting, but that's it's things like that that makes broadcasting so um, enthralling. I mean, I was getting phone calls from people who were at the barricades on Amnicola who were seeing police with their guns drawn, you know, on the air telling me about it. Bob Payne from Riverbend was one of them. And at that time, 
had no idea what was happening. We just knew a police officer had been shot, and there was just, I don't know, a certain level of chaos. There was an active shooter situation. At that time, we knew of no deaths yet, and then I was off the air at noon and then off to my day job and didn't really know much more until a few hours later. I mean, obviously, you could follow it pretty close on social media and things like that, and then after a while, we all found out you know, what happened. And, of course, it's sad, and, um, and I, I don't want to make you know, it sound like I don't care about that, but about eight or nine days before that was a crash on I-75 around 7.30 at night. And I remember I was leaving probably the day job to probably probably just go home and was listening to Jed Mescon on talk radio and Joe Varner from Sport Talk was in there like he normally was running the show. And they broke, and it's just a pay-for-play you know, infomercial, whoever he's talking to, a chiropractor or whatever it is, and kind of broke into what would be just a normal pitching you a product programming to say there's a terrible wreck on I-75. I think it was just before the Udawal exit, or it might have been right after the Udawal exit. But anyway, right around in there. And a drugged out, hopped up on methamphetamine, um, probably sleepless, as he could be um individual named uh, Ben Brewer, I think is what his name is. I'll have the, the follow-up story here in a minute. Approached a slowdown to almost complete or to a complete stop in con- road construction. That, that, that widening of that area was not finished yet. And he's in an empty trailer. Cool Runnings is the name of the company. Very, very, in the end, found out to be a pretty shady overall run uh, 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 outfit here. This isn't FedEx. This isn't UPS. With an empty trailer flying down the interstate, doesn't even tap his brakes because he's so stoned, and he plows into completely stop traffic. Today, when I was doing a little uh, overall, just kind of rehash and recap on some of the stuff I was going to talk about, I found some overhead uh, helicopter aerial footage of it, and it was in high definition. And it didn't—I mean, it didn't get real down close. It was up just showing you how far the wreckage went. It looked like it was a football field that this 18-wheeler plowed through stopped traffic, killing six people, two of them children. Six people. I think it was two were out of town maybe, maybe or something like that. A couple were not from here. I think half to majority of them were. Two of them were children just sitting there waiting to get through traffic, almost home on just an average day. And this horrific, horrific event happens. And because of the shooting of the Fallen Five that are service members, just a handful of days later, this story didn't get any memorializing that it should have gotten. And these children and these Chattanoogans and these perfectly, potentially wonderful human beings didn't get a, a mural painted on a wall downtown. Don't get saluted on an annual basis. They don't have brick-and-mortar memorials that are government-funded. These are people that you'll never hear from again. These are people, these are lost, gone souls who are just going about their daily life. In the other setting, these were service members in the armed forces who put themselves in danger as an occupation, and they deserve praise, and they do deserve memorializing, and they do deserve to be treated with the utmost respect. But because of that story, nobody paid attention to this. 
And ever since that time, and maybe even before then, when I'm in stop traffic, I'm looking in my rearview mirror. Because how many times have you seen a car coming up a little too fast? What if an 18-wheeler was coming up and wasn't going to brake and was about to plow through you and everybody in front of you and turn it into a fiery inferno of death? That's some scary shit now. And that is the kind of stuff that concerns me and scares me and wishes we spent more time paying attention to. Volkswagen emissions cheating. That's just them trying to cut some corners. They didn't make dirty cars. Made a big deal out of that. You know, whatever. Uh, School tax rejected. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Uh, Superintendent, then Rick Smith, needs 34 or wants $34 million in budget increases. But the Hamilton County commissioners turn it down when this would be paid for by property taxes. Hmm, that sounds familiar, right? Like we just tried that again a few days ago. I'm not trying to make a greater point overall. And I know Tim Boyd's not the chair of the commission, but this guy touts himself on how well he does on building buildings. But, I mean, having a nice shiny new facility is great. East Ridge Elementary is a palace. It's a fantastic uh it's a fantastic facility. Go over to, to East Ridge High School, and it looks like a scene from a Stephen King movie. So it's nice to have a nice building, but I need to know, is anybody actually learning anything? Also in 2015, the gig got even bigger to 10 gigs, way more than any of us actually need. Just wait for it. EPB is going to be jacking up uh, Internet prices here soon now that streaming TV is becoming a uh, household uh, normal thing. Was moved to 2016. Remember that bus crash? Another heartbreaking story. At that time, luckily, it did get the attention it deserved because nothing took uh, took a, took away that attention. 37 students. Uh, how many? Uh, six were killed. This absolute just dipshit. Jonathan Walker, 24-year-old. Clearly, this d- terrible company would hire anybody. Um, that was awful. Then the Udawal rape case which was just an absolute embarrassment to me because I'm an Udawal High School guy. And uh, just from my experiences, when I was in school there and to the stories I've heard of people who are younger than me since then, this school is institutionally out of control, and some of it in sexual nature. This is the pool cue thing. This is the basketball team. You remember all of that. The uh, drought and the wildfires. I forgot all about this. Remember, uh, I mean, when we look at Australia now, uh, an entire continent on fire. This wasn't quite that, but just a small little fire in Gatlinburg with a long stretch. We didn't get rain forever here in the southeast, in Tennessee anyway. And uh, lots of uh, damage there. $500 worth of damage. 14 people were killed. All right, and as I look up and see them at 30 minutes on this segment, I'm going to just start kind of throwing through, uh, flying through these. Uh, after the Udawal rape case and the way it was handled, Rick Smith, um, he stepped down, then got to show that so much of the uh, the county was underachieving, so much money had been wasted. That's part of the reason why the commission will continue to not fund anything that um, the uh, Hamilton County Board of Education pitches. Let's see. The gang violence reduction initiative was put in place. Didn't really seem to uh, get all that much uh, done. It does seem like, though, we don't talk about gangs in this city anymore. Maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. This is the only audio I pulled from this today. Uh, Now we're in the world of Trump, right? We're about a year into the world of Trump, and he's starting to just lay it on thicker and heavier of just hating on anybody who doesn't support his every single move, Republican, Democrat, or whatever. And there was even, at one point, a little whisper that Bob Corker could potentially be a running mate 
for Don Trump. I don't know if that was just made up by somebody who knows in the quote-unquote fake news, but in 17, Corker says he will not run for a third term. His announcement and criticism was followed by a barrage of tweets saying, Lytle Bob Corker, which I, we all think he meant little. That was a weird little situation in itself. Decided not to run for Senate again because the president didn't endorse him and that he couldn't get elected dog and he couldn't get elected dog catcher. Um, just, just, just the idiocy that is the uh, the the government and the overall administration is just uh, um, astounding. Here's Bob Corker talking to some reporters. It looks like in D.C. This is from Time Magazine. Is the president of the United States a liar? The president uh, has great difficulty with the truth on many issues. Everything he said today was absolutely untrue. I mean, you said he's an untruthful president. Yeah, no question. No question? Yeah, no question. I mean, I don't. We grew up in our family not using the L word, okay? Uh, But, yeah, just, uh, I mean, they're provable untruths. Unfortunately, I think world leaders are very aware that much of what he says is untrue. Uh, people here are because these things are provably untrue. I mean, just they're just factually incorrect, and people know the difference. Do you regret supporting him in the election? Uh, well, let's just put it this way: I would not do that again. So, you, you wouldn't support him no, again? No way. Uh-huh. No way. No. I, I think that uh, he's proven himself uh, unable to rise to the occasion. I don't know why he lowers himself. To such a low, low standard and debases our country in the way that he does, but he does. And, uh, you know, look, I don't like responding. I, you know, you can let him go unanswered, but uh, uh, and it's just not me. To, we don't do tweets like that. We've responded twice to, again, untruth, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that our nation finds itself uh, in this place. I would be very interested to see where Bob Corker stands on support or non-support of Don Trump now. He said then that he would not support him anymore. Who knows what can happen in two years, especially with the idiocy uh, culture that we live in now. I mean, my stocks are doing just as good, too. You know, I get it. People are happy that they've got they've got more money growing. Uh, people are happy with uh, the overall semblance of a uh, of, of a thriving economy. And, uh, you know, I get all that, but what is happening around us is very, it's very important. Precedents matter. You know, words matter. Your actions and how you treat people matters. And uh, I would love to hear if Bob Corker still would say, yeah, basically F that guy. And um, I always had a lot of respect for Corker. I have even more now. Chattanooga becomes the premier city for Iron Man in 2017. 70.3 is what it turns into the... I don't know, the biggest event ever, whatever the hell that is. We spent $1 billion in new building investments in the downtown area primarily, but overall as a city in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Brian Johnson was uh, approved as a superintendent for Hamilton County Schools in 2017 as well. And we'll wrap this up pretty quick. Jonathan Walker, the uh, driver of that bus, the scumbag, who killed those kids, was sentenced to four years in prison on convictions for vehicular homicide while he was on bond, found out that he was uh, charged with statutory rape as well of a 14-year-old in Nashville. So clearly, a total scumbag. All this goes on in 2018. That driver, Ben Brewer, from the Cool Runnings Company, that I was just talking about, that horrific story on I-75, 
was sentenced to 55 years in prison. Rotten hell, Ben Brewer. Uh, in 18, during uh, or very close to the midterms, Trump and Pence visit Chattanooga. It's uh, just a hullabaloo of a mess down at the UTC Arena. Glenn or Lee, Glenn Greenwood, Lee, whatever the guy who sings, uh, I'm proud to be an American. Where all the, you know, bumbling, fumbling blowhards lose their shit listening to. Um, just had a total shit show of a rally and trashed the place. Absolutely trashed the place. All outside of the McKenzie Arena was absolutely overflowing with litter, garbage, beer cans, Coke cans, whatever. It was, it looked just as trashy as you would expect. And one of the blowbacks or the brushbacks that came back from the other side was, well, there wasn't enough garbage cans. As if the the way to rectify the situation of not enough trash receptacles is to just throw it on the ground. Uh, This isn't a widespread panic concert, you fucking buffoons. Uh, Anyway, Marsha Blackburn, who is Trump incarnate, she is one of these these just simple-minded numbnuts that becomes Trump. And that's just what's so disconcerting about the whole situation is just the emboldened nature of just absolute idiots who just, you know, now it's just this, it's this whole new lingo to talk like Trump tweets. And, uh, all right, yeah, enough. Let's see, so the September of that year, I was in Florida for a dream vacation for my brother's uh, wedding. Just rented out this gorgeous palace of a resort. I mean, I was like, dude, we ain't rich like this, man, but I'll take it. We were there for a week, and it was fantastic. During that time we were there for a week, Five inches of rain fell on Hamilton County in 48 hours, uh, killing a woman in Saudi Daisy and causing all kinds of a problem. By the time we got back, it was already long gone. Never felt even a little bit of that. And that gets us to 2019 and all the stuff we know about. The Daniel Wilkie, Hamilton County Sheriff's Deputy, I talked about a few weeks back. Um, water service outage downtown was a mess. The Chattanooga Lookouts, are they leaving? I don't think so, but that's been out there. Riverbend changes, teachers pay, and all of that. So there you go. I thought it would take a minute. It took nearly 40 minutes. And just like that, the second decade of this century is gone with the win. Appreciate you guys and gals finding the show since I just paid 16 bucks for a month of, uh, of unlimited uh, storage. I guess I will try to make it a point to use some of that. Hopefully, I'll have my new hosting taken care of with Lord Taco before I even need to worry about that. But either way, we'll have another show here soon. It just will not be every single Wednesday. But if there's ever something worth talking about, you can be assured I'll be here to do it. Thank you so much for finding it. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Y'all have a good one. See you. Bye.